Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, Zarin. Yo, what's up, Elizabeth Dutton? You know what's ridiculous? Oh, girl, do I. So there was this 18-year-older up in Canada, and this dude, he was driving drunk. He gets pulled over by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, right? And they decide, like, hey, man, you need to, like, uh, get out of the car. And he's like, oh, okay. And he knows he's got to take a breathalyzer. Now, I don't know how this works in Canada, but apparently while they're waiting for him to take the breathalyzer, they put him in the back of the cop car, right? Mm-hmm. So he's all terrified. Kid's 18. So he's like, I don't know about this breathalyzer. So he rips his underwear off and starts stuffing it in his mouth. Right? Wait. Yeah, exactly. So the <laughs> Without cop, taking his pants off? Well, I don't know the order of events, but I'm assuming he just got a good grip on that elastic band and just went rip. I'm just guessing. He's 18. I don't know. Maybe he took his pants off. I'm betting he just ripped it. Anyway, he's sitting there in the backseat and the cops are watching him stuff his drawers in his mouth. They're like, how drunk is this boy, right? Turns out the kid is like, you know what? I'm doing chemistry over here. He's convinced that if he can get enough underwear in his mouth, it'll, I don't know, absorb the alcohol he's been drinking and it'll lower his blood alcohol content for the breathalyzer. The cops are too busy laughing at him, so they don't know what to do. They eventually, you know, arrest the kid. They take him in. He eventually has to go to court because uh-huh. he does the breathalyzer. What, and, did he, what did he blow on the breathalyzer? Uh, so I'm going to get to. Okay. So while he was in court, it just happened to be that there was a bunch of law students in court <laughs> to, to watch, you know, just to see what court is like. And yeah. this is the case they get. The whole class, the whole legal class, soon to be lawyers, starts laughing so hard they have to be removed from the courtroom. <laughs> so that's, just imagine everybody else who cannot be removed of the bailiffs. They're all laughing too, right? Okay. So everybody's laughing at this poor kid. Turns out... He did not blow enough alcohol, a high enough content to be pulled over for drunk driving. And it seems like his underwear may have done the trick. Last laugh was on him. He got no charges. Judge released him because he said, yeah, this reading is far too low. So I don't know why you were hassling this boy. I thought for sure it would be super high and it would be because he had high octane booty juice. (laughs) High octane booty juice? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) is that an energy drink? That's the name of my new energy <laughs> drink. High booty juice. Booty juice. It's, it's going to be so popular, Zarin. I bet. I bet it's going to. Oh, you should probably price it like Arizona iced tea so that way everybody mm-hmm. buys it. Four ninety nine. Yeah. And then I'm going to make merch. You should. Definitely. And everyone's going to have a sticker on their card that says high octane booty juice. For Choco. <laughs> Okay, so that's ridiculous. Right? I thought you'd you like laid that. it out on that one. Um, you want to know what else is ridiculous? I love ridiculous. Getting elected as mayor twice and then having to resign twice <laughs> because of felony convictions. <laughs> yes. There it is. <laughs>
This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. you damn right. <laughs> uh, for someone born and raised in California, I have a lot of friends from Rhode Island. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, they're all musicians, artists, and creatives. Same. They're all hilarious. Same. And they're all what I would classify as good people. I wish the same. <laughs> One of those people is none other than producer Dave. That's right, son. So today I have a very Rhode Island story, and it's seriously ridiculous. Dave, I hope I do you proud. You'll, one's for you'll you, keep Dave. an eye on me. I want to tell you about a man named Buddy Cianci. Buddy who now? <laughs> Vincent Albert Buddy Cianci Jr., he was an attorney, he was a radio talk show host, and most importantly, he was a politician. Hmm. But more importantly, I guess, than that is that he was a convicted felon. Okay. Twice over. I like it. Um, and that's what brings us, to, you know, here with him today. <laughs> that's what qualifies him for us. He crimed it up ridiculously. So, Buddy was born April 30th, 1941 in Providence, Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. uh, his dad was a doctor. His grandfather was a carpenter from Italy. So he had these working class roots further back, but mm -hmm. he was a little posh boy. He was All raised right. in a posh suburb. He went to prep school, went to university. Then he went on to law school. American dream, American right? dream realized. Yeah, totally. He had ambitions, big ones. He wanted to go to Washington one day. He wanted to be a senator. Oddly enough, he wanted to, like, be vice president. But he didn't seem to <laughs> shoot the moon for <laughs> You never hear He's that. Like, <laughs> when I was a little boy, I wanted, I wanted to, to be always... the bridesmaid. Yeah. He, so um, in 1969, he became the special assistant attorney general there. Big gig. Okay. Part-time, but big. You, you said special, so I'm assuming it's not the full-time one. Special. Yeah. yeah, he got to wear a little tiara. In 1972, mm -hmm. he was involved in the trial of mob boss Raymond Patriarca. Okay. And Patriarca was found not guilty. But people ate it up that an Italian-American was taking on the mob. Oh, so he was like the Rudy Giuliani before Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. I like this. And uh, don't forget, there was a movie that came out in 1972, an absolute masterpiece. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yes. No, that did not come out that year. People loved The Godfather. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. But it irritated a lot of Italian-Americans because of the <laughs> negative portrayal, the kind of stereotyping. Mm -hmm. Although the Italian-Americans I know love the movie. Well, yeah, but that but a the different time. generation, right. they were so, so tired of like the syndicates and all that old talk and well, then the our thing and all the stuff that they had to deal with Rico in the 50s. And... Well, and in, in business, you know, it, it doesn't play in your favor oh, if yeah. people have these totally. notions Every, about Everybody thinks you. your family owns a cement company. Yeah, you're in uh, sanitation. In 1973... Uh, Buddy was put in charge of the Rhode Island Attorney General's Anti-Corruption Strike Force. Sassy. The Strike Force. It sounds very violent. They're punching and kicking their way. Uh, this later proves ironic. I'm betting, yeah. <laughs> you know, what did the task force do? Well, it investigated Providence Mayor Joseph Dorley Jr. And struck him. It's just the strike, strike, strike. <laughs> well, who ran against Dorley in 74 a year later? Walter Mondale. Buddy Santa. <laughs> Who won? Buddy Cianci. So he, he goes after this guy, then he turns around, beats him as mayor. Buddy Cianci was the first Republican mayor in 34 years hmm. in Providence. I didn't know Providence was so liberal like that. Yeah, very, very Democrat stronghold. Mm -hmm. uh, he was the first Italian-American mayor of Providence. Okay. Hey, good job, Paisan. There you go. Uh, and he was only 33 years old. Hey! Hey! 33. <laughs> so um, he admitted... That the day he was inaugurated, he, quote, knew as much about being mayor as I did about brain surgery. And he is not a doctor. And he's not, remember, yeah, yeah. not a doctor. So he's mayor. He gets reelected. Okay. He even runs for governor. <laughs> he's like, I don't know anything about that either. I, you know Let's what? Let's keep this I'll going. What, I don't, tell me more about it. He loses. Mm. He said that he felt pressured to run by the um, Republican Party. 
and okay. in the like state. Because he was a winner and they're like, let's keep this Yeah, okay. but they really like, oh, they put the pressure on me. And so after he lost, he switched parties. <laughs> Is that like, how that you works? Guys, you guys are losers. <laughs> you guys like really yeah. gave me the tough I don't self. like you. I didn't like losing that way, so I'm going to go over here a <laughs> winner. Just, yeah, so he, he acts like they're the problem. Um, in 82, he gets reelected to his third term as mayor. Okay. And this time he's an independent candidate. Wow. Yeah. Keep it moving. I like so, this. Someone that Buddy met through the Republican Party was a man named Raymond DeLeo. All right. Now, DeLeo was a contractor who lived in Bristol, Rhode Island, with mm-hmm. his wife and kids. With Buddy, Buddy Sianci's wife and kids? That makes no sense. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be more precise with my <laughs> <I'm> clauses. <laughs> DeLeo was a contractor who lived in Bristol, Rhode Island, with his, his being referring back to DeLeo uh-huh. as a pronoun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't listening. But why is he living with Buddy Sianzi's wife and kids? They all live together. <laughs> Buddy found out that DeLeo owned a motel in Hollywood Beach, Florida. Ah, uh, the other Hollywood. Yeah. Pablo, honey, come to Florida. <laughs> so Buddy says like, hey, man, can my family come stay at your hotel? Okay. It's like, well, yeah, call and make a reservation. So he's DeLeo's like, yeah, sure. And Buddy's like, well, can we stay for free? <laughs> Let me just put it right out yeah. there. And then Delia's like, well, I guess, fine. So this... Can we stay in a room with a brown paper bag filled with money? <laughs> it's like that's what his request is on the rider. <laughs> um, so the Cianci family starts to visit pretty regularly. They love going down there. Most of the time, it's just Mrs. Cianci, Sheila, mm. and their daughter. Okay. And there were times that Buddy would join them, mm-hmm. but he'd stay on a friend's boat in Fort Lauderdale. Is he a fisherman? He likes the ocean? I don't know. He doing corruption out there? I think he was doing a little bit of the old criming. I don't, is, is it just me or is yachts just equal corruption? Like, uh, I hear in like my book, three yes. men are on a yacht. I'm like, that's corruption. Yes. And also when people like talk about what they would do if they win the lottery, if they talk about buying a boat, I'm mm. like, just go set the money on fire. <laughs> it is a waste. Anyway. But I like, but like I have to say this one thing. Boats, if it's small, awesome. Little fishing boat, mm-hmm. John boat, great. You know, you get into a ship, awesome. The, you got to, but a yacht, that's the problem area. Yeah, the bigger area. you get, the worse. Um, So obviously the marriage is in trouble. Yeah, I'm guessing that. Yeah. And Buddy was a cheater. No. Serial philanderer. Uh, they got into public screaming matches all the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's then fun. Sheila told DeLeo that Buddy was physically abusive to her. Who? Yeah, not good. And that's an understatement. Yeah. Sheila wants a divorce and she goes to Buddy, says, we're over. I'm out of here. Buddy says, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's wait, like, come wait, on, wait. baby. Give me one more chance. Yeah, no. He said, can you please hold uh-huh. until after the 1982 mayoral election? <laughs> True to form politician. Yeah, he's like, he's like, baby, I can't run as a divorcee. Priorities here. Come on, consider my options for the electoral politics. He says to her, look, if you can wait that long... I'll give you $500,000. In a brown paper bag. In a brown paper bag on a boat. Um, Buddy moves into this carriage house. And okay. it's it, it's was it's a like former... like a detached garage. Yeah, it was a former house stable um, and a, at one point a basketball court for a boys club. How big is this it's thing? It's huge. Okay, yeah. For this a is... carriage house. But it's all brick. It was built in uh, 1902 by Providence utility baron Marsden Perry. Ooh, it was known as the man who fancy. owned Rhode Island. Yeah, so it's fancy. Early 83, after the election, mm-hmm. they file for divorce. Okay. Buddy then gets a call from DeLeo's niece. And she said that Sheila and her uncle had been having an affair for years. Wait, I did not see that coming. Right. Uh, why was she telling him this now? Well... I'm assuming she's lying? No, well, DeLeo and the niece were feuding over some property. Okay. So she wants to strike out at him. But whatever, Buddy and Sheila are divorced. Yeah, it doesn't what does it matter? Buddy well, the been... four years part may matter. Well, Buddy had been cheating forever. Sure, sure. I'm not suggesting so, that he has any grounds to stand yeah, whatever, on. whatever, it's over. Move on. Uh, worry about your own self, Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> on Sunday, March 20th, 1983, yes. Buddy called DeLeo and said, come on over. He, you know come over to my house. Come over to the carriage house tonight. It'll be super fun. Are they tight like that? Well, they were friends. But I mean, after the divorce and like... Yeah, I guess. Are they, are they everything, like he, he took his side? It's unclear. Okay, okay, word. DeLeo agrees. Zarin, I yeah. want you to close your eyes. Uh, okay. Are your eyes closed? Are you going to ask twice? I want you to picture this. All right, my eyes are closed. Picture it. It's March 20th, 1983. Mm. It's about 8.30 at night. It's dark out. You're sitting in your apartment at the corner of Power and Benefit Streets in Providence. From 
One window, you look out onto the grounds of the John Brown House Museum. Which John Brown? The good one or the bad one? The bad one. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, out, so you're just seeing this monument to slaving outside your window. <laughs> On the, the really bad one. other window, you can see over the lattice fence and through the shrubs and trees to the carriage house at 33 Power Street. I love a good fat lattice fence. Isn't that the great address, too? Where do you live? 33 Power Street. So you see, it sounds like a club like uh, that somebody would own who's like I don't know fifty cent. <laughs> so you see this Oldsmobile mm-hmm. flies into the wide brick driveway. Clean cut fella gets out. He walks to the door of the carriage house and knocks. A uniformed police officer answers the door, <laughs> and then he frisks the guy and escorts him in. <laughs> Did not expect Did not that. see that. But at this point, like, you're not going to be able to see what's going on because mm-hmm. they've gone inside. But I don't want you to worry about that. Okay. I'm still outside? No, you're in your apartment I'm across the street. I'm standing here waiting to be frisked. You're across the street in the comforts yes. of your own I'm apartment. Home, watching all this go down. But luckily, you are a guinea pig for the U.S. government's Project Stargate. Oh, I can remote view? You have the power of remote viewing. Yes. That's going to come in super handy right now. Oh, hell yeah. So the cop that you saw was CNC's driver, James Hassett. Mm-hmm. And Hassett takes to Leo, leads him over to a chair near the fireplace. Buddy's there waiting. So R... Joseph DeSanto, he's the director of public works and a friend of Buddy's. Sounds like a legitimate businessman. He's a friend of Buddy. <laughs> uh, and William McGare, who's a former judge and Buddy's current divorce lawyer. Okay. Buddy cuts to the chase, accuses DeLeo of sleeping with his wife. <laughs> In front of his friends. He's yeah. Just like, he's like, look. I brought the brain trust here yeah, to listen. I've got all my pals. DeLeo is like, no, it's not true. Say it ain't so. Uh, Buddy starts slapping DeLeo. Damn. Yeah, he jumps. He goes fast. Cuts to the chase. You're sleeping with my wife. No, I'm not. Slap, slap, slap. slap. Tell me again. And DeLeo's sitting in the chair, so Buddy's like standing over him. Smack, smack, smack. She's my daughter. She's my sister. She's my daughter. (laughs) So Buddy tells DeLeo, Hassett's right there. The cop in the uniform is right there with his hand on his holster. Mm -hmm. Buddy says, go ahead, strike me back. You strike me back, you're going to get a bullet in your head. Damn. Right? Straight up Providence all of a sudden. Buddy also told DeLeo that McGare, um, the lawyer, had some papers waiting for him to sign. The former judge. Go yeah. on. A confession of the affair and an agreement to pay Buddy $500,000. Oh. Interesting little figure little there. Number, that's yeah. what he's. Uh-huh. So he's, you know, basically sign your guilt. DeLeo repeats, wasn't me. Sings the whole Shaggy song. <laughs> wasn't me. <laughs> Buddy keeps hitting him and threatening him. Smack, smack, smack. According to the Providence Journal, quote, the mayor's eyes were bloodshot. Mucus ran from his left nostril, but Buddy was oblivious. DeLeo would later tell the state police, I don't know whether he was just on some drug or something. (laughs) Buddy Mm -hmm. is just this angry bull. How long did it last? How long was this slap match going on? Uh, reasonable 20 minutes, unreasonable four hours? Two hours. Damn, right Two in the middle hours. of unreasonable. <laughs> so DeLeo later said that he felt like he was a prisoner at the I carriage bet. house. Yeah. You were, son. But he was like tossing glasses of booze on him, spitting oh, on him. Yeah. And he's just sitting there having to take it because he's got a uniformed police officer with his hand on his weapon. DeLeo keeps denying the affair. Sounds like Buddy likes World War II war movies. He's like, you know what? I've seen a lot of good scenes. I know what to do. Get me the car battery. Exactly. So um, let me take a little break. Okay. And um, then we come back. I'm going to bring you right back into this horrifying scene. Thank you. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. 
That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. That's simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine tingling shows on AE Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. All right, Zarin, I'm going to stop slapping you for a little bit. Stop. And finish telling you this story. I'm listening. <laughs> so when we left off, Buddy Cianci, mm-hmm. mayor yep. of Providence, Rhode Island. He's got a cop and a judge. He's got a cop, a judge, and the director of public works at his house, yeah. along with his former friend that he's accusing of sleeping with his now ex-wife. And he's been warming up his hand on his face. Smacking him around. He's thrown booze on him, alcohol. He's spit on him. <laughs> The guy, DeLeo, keeps saying, no, I swear to you, I have not had anything to do with your wife. Buddy tries to put a cigarette out on DeLeo's eye. Wow. Yeah, this is brutal. So, like, Soviet World well, like, War II Yeah, movies. like, singed the corner of his eye. DeLeo keeps denying it. And so then Buddy looks around the room. He scans past all the comfortable chairs, the table lamp, the credenza. His eyes settle on a spot next to the large fireplace. He reaches down and picks up a fireplace log. What? Yeah. But he's, he, got, wait, he's got a fireplace in this carriage house? Oh, yeah, house? This a huge fireplace, yeah. I'll put pictures on Instagram. Oh, okay, yeah, so he picks up a fire log. He picks up the fire log, lifts it over his head as uh-huh. he's standing over DeLeo. The public works director, Joseph DeSanto, finally does something, steps <laughs> in. He runs over and he helps DeLeo, like, fend off the blow. Keeps him from getting beaten with a fireplace log. So is he worried that he'll be in like a, I don't know, an associate to murder? Is that what he's protecting himself? He just doesn't want to say, he can see all the other stuff, but this, yeah, that's like, too far. A log, come on now, boss. So Buddy has a totally different recollection of the evening, <laughs> I of bet course. he does. So he wrote in his book, DeLeo and I were in the living room by ourselves. <laughs> as Enjoying the, a fire. As the argument got more heated, we both stood up. Uh, there was some pushing, shoving. I made some threats. I really don't remember who threw the first punch. It certainly could have been me, but I just don't remember. He makes it sound like they were fighting over the Red Sox. Yeah. It very quickly became a brawl. <laughs> Eventually, Hassett came into the room and separated us. That's the uniform uh-huh. cop. Uh, we went at it just like that a few times that night. At one point, <laughs> we took breaks, cooled off. At one point, I remember picking up a fireplace log and threatening him. I should hit you with this thing. I should. But then I threw it down. <laughs> Admittedly, that was putting him in a reasonable apprehension of bodily harm, which under the law is assault with a dangerous weapon. But I never hit him with it, never swung at it at him. I didn't try and burn him either. Instead, I took a half-smoked cigarette out of my mouth and flung it at him. <laughs> I love it. It's like, here's what I actually <laughs> it's did. It's always this adjacent. It is still terrible. Uh, I did throw an ashtray across the room in his general direction. <laughs> his general direction. <laughs> but I didn't throw it at him. I thought he might need to ash the cigarette. I just flicked at him. <laughs> exactly. I always missed. I never intended to hurt anyone. And I missed when I threw the ashtray towards DeLeo. Yeah. My aim, bad. Sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, McGarry, the judge, 
finally calls Herbert D. Simone, former Rhode Island attorney general, friend of both of theirs, <laughs> says, can you come over and help? This is getting <laughs> what, crazy. Guy? Yeah. So two hours after DeLeo arrives, D. Simone arrives around 1030. Another lawyer. Got it. Yeah. D. Simone takes Buddy into the kitchen to talk in private. Okay. Public Works DeSanto, he motions to DeLeo to leave, but DeLeo stays put. He said that in court that he was, like, super afraid of the cop uh, with the weapon. Yeah. And because the cop was between DeLeo and the door. That's what I figured, yeah. So suddenly, a neighbor comes over to complain that DeLeo's car was blocking her driveway. I think it's you, Zarin. <laughs> I think you're that neighbor. So your, your car is blocking the driveway. Hassett takes DeLeo's keys to move the car. And when he comes back inside, he gives the keys to Buddy. Doesn't give DeLeo his keys back. I like the move. Yeah. As a power move, I'm just saying. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a scary move. <laughs> I'm terrified right now if I'm him. The cop giving your keys away to someone else? Yeah. yeah. So Buddy keeps returning to the main room to come at DeLeo. And at one time, he throws the ashtray. DeLeo apparently reached out and caught the ashtray, like, midair. <laughs> um, at 11.15, all of the guys go into the kitchen where Buddy's sitting at the table. For snacks or what? Yeah, they just needed a break. They're yeah, like, hydrate. Cool you guys, we got to hydrate. Yeah. Who wants, you know, and they're just fixing up Who needs ice for their fist? charcuterie plate. Buddy says to DeLeo, you have to give me a certified check for $500,000 by Friday or, quote, he'd be dead. D-E-D dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like so DeLeo. Is that like more dead? Like yeah. Like you're really it's dead? It's like a truncated, it's like a We took the A out of reduction. this? That's how dead you are. It's a pure reduction of dead. Uh, DeLeo finally leaves and or is allowed to leave uh, at around 1130 right after that. So he drives to his office to collect his thoughts, clean himself up. Go home, watch Carson. 2 a.m., phone rings. Buddy. <laughs> According to Leo, he sounded lightheaded, almost giddy. And uh, he repeated that he was expecting 500000 or guess what? You're dead. <laughs> he's just on one but at he's this just point. All, <laughs> <laughs> he got the joker calling you. He's the mayor. So DeLeo didn't want the story to go public. All right. um, the Providence Journal said he was, quote, a deeply private man, which makes sense. It's not easy to find pictures of him online, hmm. by the way. Is he a deeply corrupt man? He's <laughs> just privately corrupt. Um, however, DeLeo did tell his friend, who was the U.S. attorney for Rhode Island, about what happened. And So he wasn't that private. Yeah. <laughs> so the U.S. attorney was already investigating possible corruption in the CNC administration. All right. And so they get this information. Now... Like star witness time. Yeah. Okay, now we can do a formal investigation of this. So a few days before the grand jury trial... DeLeo and Buddy, via their lawyers, they reach an agreement. DeLeo would not press charges, and Cianci would not sue him for alienation of affection, saying <laughs> that he that caused the divorce, charge. right? <laughs> so Buddy, like, he was a former federal prosecutor, but he didn't understand that private citizens can't independently settle criminal cases. Mm -hmm. This is a criminal charge. The agreement's voided. They're like, you guys, no. April 25th, 1983... The night before the grand jury trial, the allegation against Cianci is made public. Ooh. So it comes out. The that mayor he was had a beating log. up. Okay. Yeah. Um, April 26th, in front of the judge and the jury, DeLeo tried to invoke his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination so that he didn't have to testify in front of the grand jury. Interesting. And he was granted immunity and made to testify the following day. Oh. Yeah. Cianci huh. testifies in front of the grand jury May 5th. During the testimony, Buddy discussed some tapes he had allegedly recently found in his former home with his wife. And in his memoir, he wrote that, quote, I found a cardboard box of audio tapes in a cabinet. On several of the tapes, Sheila was discussing our relationship and her affair with her psychic and on one tape, even mentioned my assassination. But one seemed to be an audio sex tape made by my wife and DeLeo. Hmm. So she's just got like a tape recorder going all the time. She just wants to catch all of her thoughts, like in case she has a really People good thought. People with while the she's tape getting... recorders. Uh, the tapes were... I'm, I'm working on a novel. <laughs> so the tapes where she's speaking badly about her husband to her psychic were legit. She was. <laughs> I just but love that sentence. DeLeo, right? <laughs> but DeLeo said that the audio tape of their encounter was not him. No. Yeah. Buddy hires a private eye. And the private eye sees as the wife puts on a wig. Well, now ex-wife mm -hmm. puts on a wig, 
meets DeLeo at restaurants in Boston, other places. Hmm. She went out to California with him. Oh, snap. Yeah, they stayed in Carmel. And uh, he also, the private eye gets a voice specialist, and they confirm the identity of the voices on the audio tapes. As, oh, as so it was Sheila. legit. Yeah. Huh. DeLeo keeps denying it, huh. right? And, He's a private man. And the police are kind of like, all right, all right, buddy. But it really doesn't matter because Buddy had signed the separation papers a year before this whole thing goes down. Um, and so, you know, it doesn't matter. She can be with whoever she wants. Like legally, the motivation is, is minimized because he had filed the separation papers? Or is it more so that, like, come on, man, she's not your wife? And, like, why would you She's not your much? wife. He can't say that DeLeo caused alienation of affection. Because they already separated? Yeah, they already okay. separated. Okay, so it's more like a chronology thing. Right. May 24th, the grand jury indicted Buddy on six charges of kidnapping, assault, assault with a dangerous weapon, and attempted extortion. He's facing 71 years in prison at this point. Weighs his options, plea deal. What's he have to work with? Well, the judge says, okay, if you plead guilty to the misdemeanor assault and the felony assault with a dangerous weapon, you won't get jail time. Wait, 71 years to no jail time if you just say you did it? Yeah, March 5th, I have the wrong lawyers. <laughs> March 5th, 1984, he pleads guilty to the two charges of assault and the other four non-assault charges against him and the ones against the cop has uh-huh. it dropped. Yeah. It's good to be the mayor. Or a cop. April 20, yeah. April 23rd, he was given a five-year suspended sentence. Okay. Two days later, April 25th, now a convicted felon, he resigns as mayor because he had recently signed a law that forced elected officials to resign if convicted of a felony. <laughs> he doomed himself. Yes. And now he can't even vote for himself to get himself back in office. Yeah. But a week after that, he served as the Grand Marshal at the St. Joseph's Day Parade on Federal Hill. As and what? people were... S- just him? The Grand Marshal. He's like the... He's Buddy CNC local hero? Yeah. And they you. love him. And everyone's just excited that he's there. I got you. Buddy writes later in his book... As I walked down the street, people kept encouraging me, trying to give me a lift. A young man came up to me and embraced me, thanked me for everything I'd done for the city. As I passed the Fleet Center, which was then under construction, the workers on the top floor stood and cheered. <laughs> so, you know, he gets away with all this. Um, it's like, the people love me. What can I say? Yeah, as he leaves office, 400 people gathered to see him off, and they were chanting, you'll be back. Wow. Yeah, and you know what? They were right. Oh, yeah. Because... June 27th, 1990, Buddy announces, I'm running again, running for mayor. At first, like 66% of the city said they'd never vote for him again. Mm -hmm. But he won by a margin of 317 votes. So he eked it out. That's tight in the city. 94 comes around, easy re-election. Okay. So he's won everyone back. 96, Rhode Island Monthly listed him as the person that Rhode Island women most wanted to date. You're kidding me. Hubba hubba. Wait, yeah. wait. That the the Lego helmet hair guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, ninety eight. He runs for mayor unopposed. Okay. Yeah. People are like, forget it at this point. Yeah. Providence is booming. That's why. Okay. Uh, fall of ninety eight. Construction begins on Providence Place, which was known as the largest carpeted mall in New England. <laughs> a carpeted mall. <laughs> I don't know why I picture really thick carpeting. I know, not I know. like not like a Berber carpet. They're or just out there vacuuming constantly. Yeah. Uh, it opened in that following April. It cost four hundred and fifty million dollars, and it was seven stories tall. Huge. Wow. Um, it was the largest development project in Rhode Island history at that point. Mall of America, too. Yeah. January '99, Buddy announces that he has this plan for an urban renewal plan called mm-hmm. New Cities. And it was for the waterfront development um, in, like, an industrial area along Allen's Avenue, uh, Project Downtown, and one in the Promenade District. It's like a river walk? Yeah. Okay. Did you ever watch that TV show, Brotherhood? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's in Providence. It was on Showtime, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like most of it could have been based on this, but, mm-hmm. like, Irish okay. instead of Italian. And more state level than yeah. city level. I got you. Um, so there's just all this corruption. And the feds figured where there's corruption, there's Buddy Cianci, right? So, I mean, after all, it's all going down right in his city hall. Seems to be working really well for the city. I yeah. mean, they keep reelecting him. They're getting business development. Exactly. So the FBI decides that we're going to set up a sting and we're going to bust Buddy. And it's like, we just got done with Mary and Barry. We got a <laughs> time on yeah. our hands. So this is early 98. They find an informant. A man okay. named Antonio Freitas. He's a Portuguese immigrant. He owned an air conditioning and heating installation company called JKL Engineering. 
like McConaughey's Just Keep Living. Yeah, just, <laughs> that's exactly why you saw Every my time. eyes do that. I was like, is he a huge McConaughey Yeah, he's fan? all, all right. Uh, so yeah, Freitas, right? Um, JKL Engineering. He owned some other property that he wanted to lease to the city. And he was frustrated that his underbid on a lease to the school department had been denied. Oh, like he intentionally underbid yeah. to make it like it's prohibitively. And, and they didn't take, they didn't bite. Um, it was open because the previous lessor, Eddie Vicola, um, he had been recently indicted for insurance fraud. And during the investigation, it was revealed that to have gotten the bid that he got, Vicola paid regular bribes to a city hall official named Frank Corrente. Oh. So I we, also, I hate to interrupt, I think it's pronounced Vicola. <laughs> go on. Uh, Vacala, Vocala, Vicola. He owned an auto body shop located down the street yes, from Yes, I was JKL. hoping an auto body shop would enter mm-hmm. this story. And there was suspicion that Freitas may have been doing a little bit of the bribins too. Mm-hmm. So an FBI agent named Dennis Aiken, he goes up to Freitas and is like, let me see how he'll react to an accusation of bribery. So Freitas denies paying the bribes. And then he also volunteered to wear wire in order to, quote, help clean up this city. Oh, look at yeah. you. FBI's like, all right, if you're willing, okay. You, yeah, you're we got the offer. tape. Step over here. So they decide to set up this sting, and they call it Operation Plunderdome. <laughs> Where the hell did they come up with that? <laughs> Freitas is nicknamed Mr. Freon. Are they big, he's mad an Max HVAC. fans? Oh, of course, Mr. Freon. Mr. Freon, he's an HVAC guy. Yeah, Operation Plunderdome. They don't need another hero. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, like, I needed there one. There you go. It's right for you. Um, so <laughs> over the course of a couple years, uh, wow, Doctor Freon or was yeah, yeah Doctor. I just didn't want to get. It's Mister Freon. I gave yeah. him a little bit of a it's degree okay. that he didn't have. Um, Freitas. He records all these conversations and interactions with corrupt city officials, mm-hmm. namely Providence Board of Tax Assessment and Review Chairman Joseph Pannone. And his colleague, Vice Chairman David Ede, which in a, bu- a bunch of books and articles is rhymes with greed. Wow. Yeah. And Frank Corrente. My man. Frank Corrente, Corrente was chief of administration for Buddy and was also his campaign treasurer. Oh, yeah. It's deep. He's dirty as mud. Freitas says, and he's like going to do all these, these like wires, quote, I made my accent very heavy and they thought I was stupid. So that worked in my advantage. Okay. He's <laughs> like, okay. Uh, Pannone had been appointed to the tax board after he retired from the restaurant business in the 80s. And he also held a position as a urine inspector at the Lincoln Greyhound Park. Oh, what now? A urine inspector. At the Lincoln? Because oh, the oh, Greyhounds, and they want to make sure they're not juicing the I'm thinking the like the buses. Like they're going that to the is, bus station. They're like, we're going to need you to pee in this cup, sir. Ex- when I first read this, I was like, wait, he has to clean the walls and the <laughs> tiles? I'm thinking he's like, like piss testing the drivers. No. He's like, sir, so sir. you're thinking they're t- testing the drivers. I'm thinking he's like looking at all the urine on the walls in the <laughs> Greyhound station. Like, That's no, good urine. <laughs> it's to keep Greyhound racing honest. Okay. That's um, impossible. But he gets fired because he rarely showed up. <laughs> Yes, that's what I'm saying. Greyhound yeah. racing is made to be corrupt. So Pannone, t- and it's terrible. Oh, it's a bad it's sport, terrible. yeah. Pannone tells Fritas things like, quote, there's no free lunches. It's money that counts. But Buddy didn't take anything directly. Everything went through Corrente. Smart. Yeah. Pannone also told Freitas that Buddy once told him, quote, never talk on the phone. Never get a check. Get cash when you're one-on-one. It's like, just basic life lessons. I like when someone's going to tell you the ways, like on a wire, yeah. here's how you don't get caught. And I'm going to tell you all the things. You're like, <laughs> oh, go on. So during a meeting at JKL Engineering, Just Keep Living, mm-hmm. Pannone asks Freitas if he had a video camera hidden in his office. Freitas says, yeah, and points right at the video camera. <laughs> but Pannone doesn't think he's being serious, so like he just keeps talking. That's my move. I yeah. love that move. <laughs> Pannone introduced Freitas to Corrente, December 98, and January 99. Freitas filmed Corrente taking $1,000 cash bribes. Okay. And he's got all of this on tape. Corrente was thought to be the bag man for yeah, Buddy. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm thinking, yeah. too. What about David Ede, Rhymes with Greed? What about him? Well, besides working for the tax assessment board, David Ede also owned a vending machine company. There I, it is. I'm just going to say... Ede used his connections to put his vending machines in public buildings. And so Freitas approaches Ede, pretends that he needs cash so he could continue to pay the various bribes Mm -hmm. to Pannone and Corrente. Um, Ede says, you know what? I'll launder it. No props. Um, I'm going to give you fake invoices for soda machines. Here's how we're going to do it. For JKL, Just Keep Living Engineering. 
Freitas is going to write a check to the company. Eads going to cash it, take 10%. Mm-hmm. The FBI still couldn't make any direct connection with Buddy. But we know that Buddy has to be involved. Did they nail him? When we come back from this break, I'll let you know. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. All right, Zarin. Yeah, what's up, Elizabeth? In the before times, mm-hmm. the FBI was trying its best to bust Buddy yes. for bribery or corruption or whatever they could figure out he was up to. They called it Operation Plunderdome. An amazing name. So good. So they come up with a plan. Antonio Freitas, Portuguese immigrant informant, codename Mr. Freon, mm-hmm. he mentions to the Providence Board of Tax Assessment Review Vice Chairman David Ede, <laughs> yes. a.k.a. Sounds Like Greed, um, that he wants to purchase two adjacent lots as part of a city project to, quote, combat urban blight. Ah, always a problem. He, he's always doing it for the greater good. Ede offers to talk to the mayor and suggests that Freitas buy the lots for $1,000 each with a $10,000 bribe. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the handoff is set to happen in the mayor's office, and the FBI gets a warrant to bug the mayor's office. Yes. Set this all up. So... An FBI agent and Freitas, they go to City Hall dressed up as JKL engineering workers, <laughs> which they're HVAC guys, but I'm imagining if you're just keep living McConaughey style, you're in like cutoffs, mm-hmm. no shirt. One guy's pantsless, has a bongo drum. <laughs> the like cutoff jean shorts yeah, other guy's have their name bat like their name patch on it. Like you would have on a fringe. Yeah, exactly. Um so they say that they're there to repair the ventilation system. Custodium gives them the keys, like, knock yourselves out. Um, they hide in the building. They make a wax imprint of the key to the mayor's office. Hmm. But before they could have this whole handoff, they go in, they bug it, whatever. Ede calls the deal off. Why? You're cold looking feet? at me quizzically. Yeah, cold. A woman called Ede on March 9th, 1999, says, guess what? 
Guess what, baby? Freitas working for the feds. Oh, snap. Yeah. I thought it would be like, but guess what? I'm pregnant. You're like, <laughs> oh, guess what? Sorry, guys. I have to go to an ultrasound. I can't <laughs> yeah. go to the, the handoff. I'm the trying to be a better handoff. father than mine, okay? <laughs> so... Eid is, like, pretty sure that she's one of Corrente's girlfriends. Okay. And that Corrente, remember, he's Buddy's campaign uh-huh. treasurer. Oh, yeah. Is mad that he's not part of the deal and is just trying to double-cross him. Oh, interesting, yeah. Reed. But in any case, Eid's spooked. He's mm-hmm. like, he goes and he confronts Freitas. He's like, listen, JKL. <laughs> Freitas is like, you know what? I'm not working for the FBI. I'm working for the CIA. This and, guy. Yeah, and... Eid's like, oh, you card. All oh, right, you that's me. you silly goose. Mr. Freon, I'm telling you. Listen, you silly. Uh, so April 28th, 99, 50 FBI agents raid City Hall offices. Wow. 50. All those FBI jackets running in. Oh, God, yeah. They're like clunking on the floor. Pannone and Eid arrested. Uh-huh. Uh, Rosemary Glancy, who is a deputy tax assessor, she gets arrested. She like, we hadn't heard her name. Yeah, she's a fresh one. Um, that evening, Buddy gives a press conference. I bet he did. Deny, he loves a press, when in doubt, press conference with Buddy. <laughs> uh, he denies any involvement, doesn't know anything about it. Uh-huh. Wasn't me, I would think he would say. He jokes, you know what? You're not going to find any stains on this jacket. I oh, is this it. a Lewinsky joke? It's 99. No, I don't think it's so. It's 99, so I'm just guessing. But it wasn't a jacket, it was a dress. Well, yeah. I think he's saying I didn't spill any of that sauce on me. Oh, he okay. lets the sauce go all over the place. I got you. I'm over here. I'm I'm trying to keep it, you know, contemporaneous. <laughs> that is a good. That is a good connection. Yeah, I don't know. But I'll I'm try. Gonna, I'll try again. I'm gonna rule no. Yeah, on that no, I, I understand. In May '99, uh, his pals are facing federal charges. Buddy, what's he doing? Oh, getting inducted into the Rhode Island Heritage Hall of Fame. <laughs> You know, it's just like the parallel paths that they have. Um, so at first, Pannone and Ede not cooperating with the feds. Okay. But then they both agree, okay, we'll make deals. Fine. Hmm. Pannone's deal is revoked after a, quote, series of disastrous meetings in which he fumbled and contradicted himself. Oh. So he can't get his whole thing straight. They say, guess what? No deal. Yeah, no, we don't believe anything you're saying. Yeah. In 2000... Pannone and Glancy, the the lady mm-hmm. that showed up at the last minute, they're sentenced to five and two years, respectively, okay. in prison. Corrente gets indicted in 2000. Now, when this is going on, in July of 2000, when his pals are getting sentenced and indicted and going through the ringer, buddy, what's he doing? On a yacht? He's appearing in the Bristol 4th of July parade riding a white police horse. I was close. Just, you know, like a Lady Godiva. Yeah, exactly. Town. Was he naked with hair flowing? Uh-huh. Yep. So the No par- taxes for anybody. <laughs> but, you know, these parades, the honors, the events, the fun press conferences, they mm-hmm. can't last. Oh, it can't? No. Nothing gold can stay, Zarin. Ah, I've heard this. April 2001, Buddy gets indicted. Oh, you knew it was coming down. 30 counts counts. of racketeering, conspiracy, extortion, witness tampering, mail fraud. The indictment is 97 pages long. (laughs) He had to hire a whole team of lawyers. Exactly. Corrente and Pannone charged again. <laughs> Brought right back. Right so the FBI says that all throughout the 90s, the mayor's office had extorted more than $2 million in kickbacks. Okay. Jobs, favors, contracts. Sure. In a statement released later that day, mm-hmm. he went with a statement, not a press conference. But he says he's innocent. He says, guess what, guys? Quote, 97 times zero is zero. That's, that's 100% correct. Yeah. And he says, I've had better Mondays. (laughs) He gets all Garfield on it. Exactly. He pleads not guilty, obviously. Naturally. Released on a $50,000 bond. Okay. Uh, The cops add insult to injury when he gets booked. They make him remove that amazing snap-on looking toupee for his mugshot. That's He had the most luxurious, thick toupee that was so phony looking. It was like the play school... Mm -hmm. Little figure snap That's on hair. That's exactly what I'm picturing. That are like the Lego plastic, yeah. like hair just... with the swoop. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. pictures on Instagram. Um, <laughs> so, how are the people of Providence taking all of this? this they is, love it. I mean, this would rock your world, right? No, they love it. His yeah. rating immediately goes up after his indictment. He goes from a 60% approval rating to 65. I like it. It jumps just, five points. Providence is like the Philadelphia of Rhode Island. Yes. <laughs> One of the many charges against Buddy involved the city's university club. 
he was denied entrance to the club. He oh. wanted to join. Okay. Um, and they didn't let him in for political reasons. It was back during his first reign oh, as mayor. Oh, he was a Republican? I guess. Summer of 98, the club has in this huge renovation, million dollars, and they need permits. Mm-hmm. And the prosecutor said that when he heard this, Buddy called the building inspector and two members of the building board and told him, reject the permits. Regardless. Don't of, give him a variance. No. But he says, no, I was just calling the building inspector. I just wanted to ask about the variance. And they said it had been turned down because it wouldn't meet the fire code. He's always got his like adjacent. Mm-hmm. Um, he admitted that he knew it would slow down the club's renovations and that he did nothing to help. And so um, some of the high ranking club members, they go to Buddy in his office, please. Buddy then states his very famous lines that were later retold in trial, quote, be careful of the toe you step on today because it may be connected to the ass you have to kiss tomorrow. The toe is? The toe. But the toe is connected to the ass? Yeah, not directly. But Okay, but I'm saying you could have worked that one out, buddy. Like, you know, you You step on buddy's toes. Guess what? You're going to have to be kissing his rump later. I would flip it. I would make it like if, like you step on this toe. You, you need would, the toe you that would, would be kicking your ass. You would ruin the moment for Buddy so much. You'd be like, wait, hold on. The I'm toe. Like, you have a toe coming out of your butt? But, buddy, I can't even picture this. I'm, I'm trying to keep up. I'm over here drawing diagrams. I don't even know what you're trying to say. Who got a toe butt, buddy? <laughs> He's like, my butt toe. Don't step on it. Don't kick me. Yeah, it just yeah. got all complicated. Yeah, I'm like, you got a vestigial That's tail you're and not, you're trying to give it funny words. You're not, you're you're taking all the steam out of his powerful statements. <laughs> He's trying to make all these like, I don't know, Sylvester Stallone style like, hey. <laughs> so the members, they offered him a lifetime honorary membership after that. Probably for that they statement thought alone. The, they thought it was a cool line. Yeah, they're like, damn, One man. of them went, oh, meow. And then they <laughs> said, all right. So he has right. But he didn't use the membership. He said he didn't want it. But he kind of, he won. Yeah. Six days later, City drops the fight against the club. Club opens up. So Um, anyway, his trial starts in late April 2002, lasts seven weeks, 61 witnesses, (laughs) 721 exhibits. Jury deliberated for 10 days. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a slog. While they're deliberating, That's a good sign for the defendant, what is, right? What would Buddy do? Well, I mean, they'd be so anxious during deliberations, right? Mm-hmm. No, Buddy went and served as the Grand Marshal for the Rhode Island Festival of Pride and then spent the evening in one of his favorite drag bars. <laughs> nice. Probably yeah. also catched uh, maybe a couple bags of cash. Yeah, ready to party. Uh, June 24th, jury comes back with a verdict. Buddy is convicted of a single count of federal racketeering conspiracy. Got the old RICO charge. Usually that's given to crime bosses who orchestrate, right, and keep their hands clean. Uh He later said, quote, I was found guilty of committing a crime that I was found not guilty of. And, quote, I was found guilty of being mayor. Now that line I like. Yes, there you go. We'll give him that one. (laughs) Two days later, June 26th, that's the deadline for Buddy to file to run for mayor again. Okay. And Buddy decides, I can't do it. It's not worth it. Like, this is costing me too much? Well, he doesn't want to sway the judge's opinion before sentencing. Like, oh, big shot, you think you're going to go and run again. So September 6th, Buddy gets sentenced to five years and four months in prison. Federal prison on one charge. As well as a $107,000 fine and 150 hours of community service. So the judge took what the jury basically handed him and said, you know what, I'm Mm going to run with this, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to like basically hit you with this as much as I can and go to the highest charge. And here's what the judge said. Uh, He compares them to Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He says, quote, There appear to be two very different buddy seances. The first is a skilled and charismatic political figure, probably one of the most talented politicians Rhode Island has ever seen, while the other, quote, presided over an administration that is rife with corruption at all levels. Aren't those the same thing? <laughs> I'm, I'm not <laughs> new <laughs> in politics, but... Buddy steps down as mayor that afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. He gets released from prison. He went to Fort Dix in New Jersey, uh, May 2007. Hmm. And he went on to become a political commentator on the radio. Okay. Ran for mayor in 2014. Lost. He, oh, he got back to it. Yeah. And that same year, he was diagnosed with colon cancer, and that's what ultimately took his life in 2016 when he was 74 years old. R.I.P. to a real one. There you go. So, Zarin, what is your ridiculous takeaway here? Never get involved in Rhode Island politics. Yeah, I think that's a 
That's a good one. I mean, it, that is the most dense thing I've ever heard of. I mean, they are on it. Like, I've thought that, you know, you know, it's a small state. You're going to have a lot of, like, concentrated power. But it's not at all what I thought. I completely pictured this story going a very different direction. <laughs> it's Instead, very con- concentrated and complex. Yeah, yeah. convoluted. It's like mm-hmm. uh, the worst things you see at county politics and state politics, but then spread across a bunch of different cultural interactions that just, like, really kind of muddy the waters as to, yeah. like, what, hey, what's the angle this person has? You know, yeah. like, I don't know how I'd read a room there. I, exactly. Well, you wouldn't because you keep stepping on all their lines. <laughs> they're like, good, they're cool guys. And you're like, well, actually. Um, I'm like, west of the Mississippi. That sounds like <laughs> wah, wah. I think since you since you asked my ridiculous takeaway. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Tough but fair. Gordon. I think it's a perfect example of a ridiculous crime. How so? Because. It's ridiculous to have to resign from a position of mayor at a large American city twice, (laughs) and both times because of a felony conviction. That's ridiculous. I also think that there's a ridiculous of the public not having a problem with the corruption as long as they get what they need. So things are booming, and, you know, they're like, well, it's just the cost of doing business. They're all going to, you know, pat each other's pockets. Um, There was so much development and growth in Providence when Buddy was mayor that people were happy with it. Would it ha- would all that growth and development have have happened under another mayor? Who's to say? Oh, um, that's an interesting question. I often have have debated this with people I know who are in politics, which is, does the corruption allow the developers to do their thing? And then my question is, is do we want them to be the ones deciding the futures of these cities? Right. Because we act like any growth is good growth, and that's not my opinion. I kind of want quality of life growth. So Agree. if the people of uh, Providence are happy with the quality of life, I think that's the better question than how many new shiny buildings do they get? And they seem to be happy with the quality of life. So And maybe... I think that you also, it's good to keep in mind that we a lot of times tend to lay all of the victory or all of the defeat at one, at the yeah. mayor's or the president's feet. The most powerful the, person gets all the credit. Yeah, they get all the credit or they get attacked for it. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, it's more than just Buddy that got all this happening. Or it's more than just Buddy that's all the bad stuff, yeah, too. So exactly. Don't oversimplify it. Yeah. Um, but since, you know, city's doing well, people don't care, that's a little ridiculous. No stains on the suit? Hey, there you go. <laughs> I still don't get that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm dumb. I do not get it. He's He gets the food. He doesn't spill any on him, is but it, he's still eating it. Is this an East Coast thing? Like, there's no evidence. They're just all messy there's eaters? There's no evidence of the bowl of spaghetti. Is this their version of like, I was caught red-handed, but oh, my hands aren't red? I do not get it. I'm from Georgia. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I think it is, Zarin? I think it's a callback to John Gotti, the Teflon Don. Oh, now that makes more sense. There you go. Thank you. I got a local to explain it to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we needed. Dave, I hope I did this well. It was a lot... And uh, I got confused sometimes, but... I think you did the Prince of Providence right. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Well, that's all I have for today. You can find us online at Ridiculous Crime on both Twitter and Instagram. If you have a tip about a ridiculous crime that you'd like to hear about, uh, email us, ridiculouscrime at gmail.com. Goodbye. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett. That's me. <laughs> Every time it gets me. Produced and edited by Perpetual Mayor of Providence of the Mind, Dave Couston. Research is by Marissa, just keep living, Brown. The theme song is by vending machine mechanic Thomas Lee and urine inspector Travis Dutton. <laughs> Executive producers are undercover federal agents Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.